Welcome to House of House, episode 5, 4, House, episode 5, Damned If You Do. And, uh, I believe today, Lenny, we are joined by a guest, right? Oh yeah, are you gonna describe the episode first? Oh shoot, okay, <laughs> there we go. See, this was, uh, this is, uh... Why they call us the most professional house rewatch podcast. As professional as house himself. Yes. Differential (laughs) diagnosis. We're coming for you. (laughs) The other one I found when I Googled house rewatch podcast. Watch out. We're coming for you. Much like Detective Tritter came for house (laughs) in season two. Or uh, Chi McBride will come for house in season one. Or uh, Cuddy kind of comes for house in a flirty way every episode okay um this uh, episode called damned if you do it is about a nun who gets sick and is originally just seems like she's going to be a clinic patient and then uh house uh maybe makes a mistake maybe he doesn't when he gives her a dose of epinephrine and uh they talk about faith and God and she gets worse and then they try different things and eventually they figure out that she has in a brass IUD or a copper, I think brass, copper or brass, copper, copper IUD. That makes it, yeah, because you don't make an IUD out of brass. So that, <laughs> I mean, that could be why it messed up. But, uh, she has a copper IUD and uh, they remove it and then she gets better and Ann Dowd shows up mm-hmm. at one point. Yes, and our guest on this episode is EJ Fettis from the Fed Talks podcast. Welcome, EJ. Well, thank you. And thank you for being the first podcaster ever to pronounce my name correctly. <laughs> well, I definitely, when we first met, pronounced it wrong for a long time, which is how I remembered. Well, people say PJ? <laughs> oh, more in the, the last name gets morphed into feeds and feedies and fades. That's uh, the joke. But the first name gets changed into Edge, which sounds cool. Really does. Okay, is and is cooler cool. than I warrant, frankly. You should consider that. Uh, do, EJ, do you want us to? Do you want to tell us a little bit about your history with the TV show House? Sure. Um. Excuse me. Um, I feel like when this episode aired, I wasn't watching it regularly yet. I think. It was one of those things I heard was really good midway through season one. And back in those days, it was like, oh, well, I guess I have to wait for the DVDs to come out to find out. <laughs> and uh, and then, you know, the DVDs came out and I, I loved it and watched it faithfully through the end of the series. Uh, there was a time in season one when I'd watched sporadically and I had this idea that I thought was very clever that Wilson was a figment of House's imagination. <laughs> And my yeah. my support for this was, well, you never see anybody else talking to Wilson. And of course, you see that all the time. <laughs> I just. Yeah, I think the, by the first episode. I think it's easier. I feel like it's e- it was easier to have theories back in those days when you would mostly like watch the episodes once and then never again. And you yeah. could just like say stuff at parties and people would be like, whoa, no one does <laughs> talk to Wilson. <laughs> It'd be funny if it turns out Wilson was a. A figment of everyone's imagination, <laughs> and you get some weird epistemology there. Um, th- that's a, you know that is what was going to be the Scrubs thing with the janitor. That's why I thought yeah. it. I when I when I found out about that, I all of a sudden got 
maybe obsessed and this was when lost had started too which is uh <laughs> the the yeah, show that i to theories yeah i got obsessed about and i that's when i started writing about tv and so i was always reading way more into every show than was actually there i, do like uh, I... It... oh go on oh i was just gonna say i would like the idea that house was just like doing scrubs completely seriously like sort of like succession and arrested development of just be like what yeah. if this show was a drama <laughs> does that make I, I can't figure out who house's turk would be i guess will no wilson's the janitor we've established <laughs> uh i mean foreman yeah, this see, that's definitely off. that's definitely what House would say, and I think both Kirk <laughs> and Foreman would have called him out on it. Yeah, House, I mean, I think would, it's... House would be like, "I also have a black friend, equally," and it's like, "Yeah, yeah you don't talk like, to Foreman, not your friend." <laughs> I mean, that is the only other until G McBride. There, there are not a lot of. I, I mean, there's Foreman in every episode from the beginning, so I say like Scrubs really. As Turk, and then later it has uh, what's his face, the guy, the guy who who goes nuts. I don't, what's his name? Hooch. Hooch is crazy. That's they. Hooch say. is crazy. Oh yeah, they have Hooch Nurse Laverne, who's then, in every episode. Yeah, they have Nurse Laverne. That's true. House has um, they have and when he does his competition, they have Chi McBride later when he does his competition. There's a guy who uh there um yeah it's i mean i don't know what probably on par for diversity around the time for shows that weren't specifically like targeted <laughs> towards a quote-unquote yeah i don't know demographic. If, i don't know if we have to pin down whether scrubs or house is more progressive <laughs> i think well hmm. well now i think we should actually this is uh let's take a half hour real quick um <laughs> No, I don't know. They both, um, I'm going to say, ugh, I kind of want to say maybe Scrubs by default because it's not that there isn't a lot of really, you know, uh, like casually bigoted 90s and 2000s comedy, but I feel like the very fact that you're like, well, they were trying to be like, I don't know. When I, I don't know if it, if it makes a difference. If there's like a serious plot that's bigoted versus like, oh, well, this was like trying to make a joke. It just failed or it was, you know. Um, we'll get, look, there'll be episodes. This one, of course, right. is against. You're, you're uh, five in. It's too early to make that call. Well, this one's bigot against the uh, most oppressed group, uh, Catholics. Catholics, right. So. I, I, I do just want to say before we start that I. Quiet, Reggie, quiet. Sorry. Sorry. That uh, was. Uh, somebody else's dog made the noise. By the door. <laughs> Reggie, quiet. Look at my dog staring in the camera all quietly. Um, yeah. Oh, that, now your dog was like, oh, this one gets interesting. <laughs> your dog was like, wait, 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 wait. Let's hear what he has to say. <laughs> He has a take. Uh, yeah. I, I feel like uh, uh, Letty must have specific. Uh oh, hey, quiet! Must have specifically targeted this episode for me because of the things I've written about in TV. 
three of the major things are lost the leftovers and christmas episodes mm -hmm. and this has wow, wow. elizabeth mitchell and wow. dowd and it is a christmas episode that's true i'm definitely gonna take credit for that regardless if, of if it was actually a coincidence if there had been a venture brothers tie-in it would be what we call a yahtzee <laughs> There's gotta be someone from. I guess maybe not. They have so many people. I would. It would have been like James Urbaniak would have been great as like a uh, passing. Like I, guest I love when he shows up on a network procedural, and you're just like, oh, like you're a real person. Yeah. <laughs> you're look at you being on Elementary. Yeah. Um. Yeah. The. Uh, the. The episode opens with it's it's a little bit unusual as I was saying because it mm -hmm. opens with um the like it seems like it's going to be a clinic guest mm -hmm. like a clinic person normally because normally you would open with like I don't know the nuns washing dishes and then suddenly one would be like and she'd get <laughs> right. blurry vision and fall over and they'd be like quick quick go hospital and they'd be like dun, 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 dun. but um. Yeah, it just it opens with uh, Wilson and House having a convo, and then House is going to go see this nun patient, and she's having an allergic reaction. He knows that at the beginning, right? Like that's the first. Yeah, thing. Like, he thinks oh, she's just having an allergic reaction, like on her skin, just to like dish soap. Mm -hmm. Um, because um, he, he gives her an EpiPen, which becomes like the big thing immediately because she starts having you know all sorts of symptoms and can't breathe uh and she's in trouble and cuddy like tries to say to house like well you look we keep the syringes with 0.1 cc's and one cc next to each other it's okay <laughs> to admit you grab the wrong one and i'm like wait you keep the what from context <laughs> seems to be the normal amount and the amount that causes a big problem if you use it next to each other because i don't really think that's on house in the moment while someone's having while their throat's closing up you should keep them separate from each other that's You're, nuts you are begging for a knives out situation with that layout yeah, yeah. um the the first few episodes we saw them sort of like struggling to justify like why house would take a case uh and like at first it was sort of like is wilson just always gonna lie and say that it's his cousin and i feel like they really like cracked it in this episode being like oh if someone accuses house of making a mistake then he will be like i'm never sleeping we have to we have to get on this yeah which is odd because in the beginning she's like the implication needs to be like house never makes mistakes house makes mistakes every episode <laughs> House regularly well, I think them. it's the, the difference between like, you know, you didn't know that it was this rare strain of sure. Ebola as opposed to just like grabbing the wrong syringe. She's like, look, I don't, that's, that's a pretty dumbass mistake. Yeah. But, but again, I, yeah. I think it was also that like, he, not just that he wouldn't make a mistake, but that like, he would know it, which isn't really how a mistake works, but he's <laughs> like, no, I remember I gave her the, the right one because the whole thing set up in the opening is that he doesn't write stuff down. And they sort of highly imply that a proper doctor who wrote everything down would have written down that he gave her the wrong dose on accident. Yeah. And then I screw Can you wait a sec? Can you, can you, 
you quit it with the not breathing. I need to. That's the. Uh, it actually call forward because I'm going to reference a uh, different British sketch much later in this episode. But, uh, or actually, I'll prop. Maybe I'll mention it when it comes up. But the point is, has anyone ever seen uh, that Mitchell and Webb look? It's a uh, okay. That Mitchell and Webb. I, look yeah, is, I know uh, of it. I haven't seen much of it. It's fun. It's uh, if it's on, I don't know if it's on Netflix now or something. They just are hoovering up all the BBC yeah. stuff. They like break into the BBC vault, like Ocean's Eleven, and you know the BBC programs director is like, "Oi, what's all this? We didn't see it on the tape." And then they see it's a fake tape because like the Netflix heist crew has gotten all the BBC <laughs> programming to bring back to Netflix. But um, and, and they're not allowed to carry guns, so there's nothing they could do anyway. Yeah, they just have to say, "Oi." Oi! <laughs> Oi! What's all this then? They could wave their truncheon. Yeah. Oi! Um, the uh, and then they bring in um, and I can say this. They bring in their uh, Jewish attorney and be like, "Well, what can we do about this?" And he goes, "Oi!" <laughs> and they go, "Oi!" And he goes, "Oi!" And it just goes back and forth like that. Um, but uh, the. Yeah, the there's a the, a Mitchell and Webb look sketch, a repeating one. They have a lot of like repeating sketches, and some a lot of times the fun of it is just, oh, you're gonna do this again. It's kind of like how ninety nine percent of repeating SNL sketches are like death. But then what's up with that? You're like, well, that one. The point is that you're gonna just stretch this as much as you can. So stretching it across a million episodes makes sense. But um, that Mitchell and Webb look has this repeating sketch uh, that they do called Get Me Hennemore, where it's uh, it's always the exact same structure where um, one of, I forget which, I think it's uh, Mitchell is the, uh, you know, dimwit employee and his boss, uh, he's Hennemore, and his boss goes, now Hennemore, I need you to know uh, that I have set up a meeting of the like local Catholic nuns and I am going to play them a film about our company. It is labeled with a cross. Now on an unrelated note, I have another film strip. This is for a pornography <laughs> that I have gotten for me and my wife. It is labeled with an X. And of course the whole joke is he's just holding them differently. It's the exact right. same table. And he go, and it's always something like that and getting more absurd in each sketch. And the whole thing is he just goes, not even you anymore could screw this up. And then it just cuts to whatever terrible things happening. So it's a real get me Hennemore yes. situation where Cuddy is just like, now look house, the point one CCs <laughs> is labeled point one. The one CC is labeled one point. Yeah, There's they... no way even you house could screw this up. I'm going to shuffle them and then put them both in. The they really could have used a red label and a blue label. Yeah. Um, also... <laughs> Oh, did you have another point on that? I was just going to say, and uh, you'll only need to access them in an emergency. So don't worry. <laughs> um, another important beat in that establishing scene is that when she's taking a pill, he offers her water and she's like, oh no, we have our own homemade tea we brought in in this thermos, which is like immediately like, okay, so that's gonna, that's the thing, mm, right? I like that's that. gonna be the thing. Uh. The the other thing with that is one like one of the nuns like the 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 mid boss nun the mini boss mm -hmm. not the big boss she's Ann Dowd 
not the uh, Bowser of nuns or whatever, but like the uh, Morton Koopa of nuns mm -hmm. is like, uh, by the way, some of my fellow nuns reject medical treatment and just try and let God save them in one of those person on the roof that's flooding scenarios. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, wait, really? I, like, I think in fairness, in this case, it was because the rash looked like stigmata, which not really. It looked like a rash. Um, so I think like that's what she was saying. But this episode did have a shit ton of that kind of stuff. Um, like, I, I hate almost all TV episodes. I, I actually like this one, but I'm surprised I like it because those religious discussions are always so pointless, so annoying. You just get stuff like Cameron literally says, like, I don't believe in an anthropomorphic man named God. And then like uh, House is like, you say you have faith, but I bet you look both ways before you cross the street. And just like, you know, they high fived when they <laughs> came up with that line. That's a good, this was, you have to understand this was before Reddit are atheists. Yeah. So well, a lot that, of stuff, you couldn't this, find it that easily. I was yeah, going to say this, this like, literally sounds like everything my brother says so yeah you know to to me this would this uh felt torn from the pages of real life yeah these uh like slightly older tv episodes about atheists are just like so weird to me because first off like there it's always that specific annoying type of atheist and also just like it's just like treated as su such a big deal. It almost reminds me of older TV episodes where someone becomes a vegetarian and everyone is like, whoa, 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 what? <laughs> just once, because it's always that same thing, yeah. like you said, Cameron says, just once I want someone to say, look, yeah, I don't know. I might believe in God, but I don't really think he's like, a unifying spiritual force throughout the universe that everyone just kind of vibes to and connects with in some primordial way. I kind of like to imagine him as more of an old man <laughs> with a beard on a cloud and he's white. Like someone just like, yeah. that's like, you know, I think it is always that thing where it's like a legitimate straightforward putt. Maybe I believe in God. I just don't think he's like a literal person who has like a two bedroom apartment up on a cloud somewhere. <laughs> and you're like, yeah, I don't, I don't think anyone thinks that like, yeah, you definitely, I, I went through that, like, it was pretty brief, thankfully, but, you know, I, I grew up uh, uh, pretty religious in the sense of the thing about, I feel like, Judaism versus, like, Christianity and other stuff is so much of it is about practice, especially, like, Orthodox Judaism, like, kosher and Shabbos, and, like, it's less, there's, like, a lot less emphasis put on like the specific cosmology of everything a lot of the time it's like yeah well god exists here's what you're supposed to do and we're going to argue about what you're supposed to do we're not really going to argue about you know oh this or that as much i mean they do in the gemara or whatever but like i definitely had that phase in like college where i was like reading like you know posts for like it was like a, a couple months where i'd read posts on like uh whatever reddit atheism whatever just because if you haven't really been exposed to the notion that it might not be the default assumption that there is it can be pretty eye-opening but then you grow out of it then you yeah. have, then you see people who still are like 
you know, I don't know, Sam Harris or Ricky Gervais, who are like, what if they are gone in that wild? And you're like, I mean, no, <laughs> no, not really. At some yeah. point, you're just like, you don't know and you'll never know. So I, whatever. It like, feels like House and Cameron spent too much of their college years just studying medicine instead of like going through that phase and then realizing that it's cliche. And they're yeah. like, just now, like, House is in his 40s and is like, whoa, have you seen this guy on Reddit? He's making some points about how people don't look both ways before they cross the street. Yeah, House just comes in and he's just like, so, uh, sister, do you believe in Thor? And she's <laughs> like, uh, no, my brother or whatever, no, my child. And he's just like, oh, okay, that's cool, that's cool. Do you even uh, Quetzalcoatl? <laughs> and she's like, well, no, no, I don't. And he's like, no, oh, no, that's fine, that's cool. Uh, do you believe in Susano O, Japanese kami war god? And he's like, no, no, I don't. And he goes, all right, well, I'm just like you. I just happen to believe in even one less. And she's like, what? <laughs> and she falls in her chair and she's like, oh my, what? Whoa. And then just, she, just her, she just strips off her nun outfit and she's got a bikini and she's going, and then, and then, and then, and then, and then, and then, and then. Oh, go ahead, DJ. In all fairness to uh, the the good people of House, uh, excepting Brian Singer, who's a monster, um, right. <laughs> I guess that's the elephant in the room, huh? <laughs> oh, we've well, talked about it. We've his, mentioned it his, in passing. There's his, not a lot to say. His you involvement with the show seemed to end pretty early. Like, I think he directed two episodes and then was unaware it existed after that. Well, look, he had a lot of other uh, activities to get to. So. Right. There, but... Uh, this is also 2004 and TV was only just getting into the practice of, of trying to be good. <laughs> like, this was, yeah. this was, there was a lot of coverage about uh, how network TV was good again because of lost and desperate housewives. Mm-hmm. You know, when, when, when desperate housewives is the thing that's breaking free of the pack, there's not a huge amount of sophist- of sophistication on network TV. And and things like faith weren't, uh, you know, religion and atheism weren't a part of the, you know, largely procedural TV right. landscape. Yeah. That I and, think is what is so weird about this time period is that like the representations of atheism were House and Sue Sylvester. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> but well, it sort of feels like the television did the same thing that we were talking about that people do when they go to college then leave and then realize it's not or you know don't go to college but start reading reddit or whatever uh where they were like you know it used to be like leave it to beaver and then they were like wait a minute what if there's no god and then they were (laughs) like you know what's even more interesting what if god friended me (laughs) right that was like the that was when tv finally peaked yes (laughs) yeah um Um, but ej i feel like you had more oh sorry i was I, th- I think it's, and I, I'm probably going to rewatch more House now, but I think this is, I think they got a lot more sophisticated with their their approach to faith. I think there's a there's a stretch in maybe season four or five where the, like the theme of half a season is House versus God, and he's it's something right. he's confronting regularly, and and in this it was really interesting to see sort of just the baby steps of our doctor show is going to deal with religion, <laughs> which. They they ain't doing on ER unless somebody has a Catholic cross in one episode. I this uh, just because you brought it up, I have to say Grey's Anatomy this season accidentally like confirmed that the afterlife one hundred percent exists in their <laughs> show this season. 
there was like a episode where Meredith is like in purgatory because she's in a coma. <laughs> and a- another character dies. And obviously Meredith wouldn't know because she's in the coma. But when he dies, she sees him. And then she sees him walk away with his mother, who his his dead mother, who she wouldn't know what she looks like. And I was just like, did Grey's Anatomy just confirm that? It's 100 percent of biblical afterlife, and it's Catholic afterlife specifically. <laughs> they were willing to. You mentioned the leftovers. They were willing to go where the leftovers was too scared. They, they were like, no, we're not going to leave this to chance. You need to know. Uh, God friended me. His profile picture was a man on a cloud. <laughs> and like when Meredith wakes up, they like tell her her coworker died, and she's like, "Oh, I know." And zero follow up questions. <laughs> oh, cool! Yeah. Because yeah. they had already independently determined that the afterlife exists, possibly as part of medical school. <laughs> yeah, they Wait. just had in one of the rooms over. Someone did an experiment with the Large Hadron Collider, and they accidentally opened up a portal to hell. Now, I don't know how the how the specifics of of the Shonda Rhimes TV empire work. But I know at least that Fireman show is set in the same world as Grey's Anatomy. So this is like the uh, the Tommy Westfall multiverse where the firemen also have uh, canonical heaven, purgatory and hell. And <laughs> I, I would... wonder if that applies to scandal as well. Yeah, there should be a follow-up Grey's Anatomy where Meredith is like, oh, when I was in that coma, I found out that uh, President Fitz is in hell. He's the, he's the only person that's a torture place for just President Fitz. <laughs> so many people from How to Get Away with Murder. <laughs> Looks like you didn't Turns get away with can't. it in the end. Damn it, yeah. you beat me. Oh, sorry. I'm, I, I scared and you beat me. Right, yeah. I'm out of here. Oh no. Um, but uh I think this episode part of what makes it charming is that uh they immediately turn it into this much weirder conversation where Foreman is like, Oh, you don't believe in God, but you do believe in house. And I love that the, <laughs> the whole theme of the episode turns into that of like they go right past is there a god into is house god? Yeah. Well, that's like that thing that people do where as much as like I don't I think that it's, you know, boring to be the like snarky, smarmy Reddit atheist or whatever. It is that thing where people like are like, oh, so you have faith in, uh, you know, science, but you won't have faith in God. And it's like but those you're using the uh, like a word that's appropriated for two different <laughs> meanings to say like what he says oh but you'll believe in house it means like you'll rely on house not you are you hold a commitment in the face of a lack of evidence <laughs> and that is the point like that's not i mean i guess you could argue there's a lack of evidence of house of being like uh you know i that is the question right if you just like flipped a coin would you get a better performance than House does overall? Is it like that thing where you know all the uh, all the like hedge fund managers all like freaked out when index funds came out? Because it turns out if you just like 
peg your money to the stock market in general or whatever, it'll like perform better than anyone trying to just select stuff. So is there a, a house index fund of diseases? I also just sort of appreciate that it worked as just like, it does feel like a realistic form and thing that is also kind of relatable of him just not being interested in the God conversation and just being like, and yet you won't complain with me about our annoying coworker. <laughs> yeah. There's a, I did wonder like, are these nuns aliens? Cause at one point they're watching TV and they're like, Oh, we uh, thought this was the bed remote. And uh, Whoa, we've never like, I get that they probably don't watch TV at the monastery, but it does feel like they're like, do they live in the mountains? Yeah, and I they don't, don't come down. Yeah, I don't know a ton about nuns, but there were times when they came off kind of like Amish. And I was like, I don't know if nuns are like that, that go that yeah. far with it. Yeah, I think it, it, it felt like, yeah, very wildly, but it seems like you pretty much anyone would allow you to have a TV on, even if you don't have one in the. <laughs> In the, in the nunnery. But yeah, maybe I mean, she was watching... thinking sinful thoughts and had to cover cover it up anyway. <laughs> yeah, because she's watching like that, uh, the bikini show. <laughs> bikini Beach. Everyone, oh, yeah. the hit new Fox show, Bikini Beach. <laughs> it was Milf Island. Yeah, <laughs> she's watching Milf Island on the hospital TV. Um, there's a uh, house gets, house does get a, uh, clinic patient only one i think and it's uh, a santa who has ibs which oh like... yeah this scene ruled because um i was so worried he was gonna write he, there's a, what happens is like the santa describes his symptoms and house is like let me write you a prescription and you can just tell that it's gonna be a bit like right away and i was so nervous that this prescription was going to be lose weight, which would be fucking annoying. And instead it was smoke cigarettes. And I was like, oh, that's just fucking cool. I was yeah. such a relief that he just wants this guy to smoke. The smoking smoke is cool. bad Santa. Yeah, it was. Origin story. Yeah, that's uh, uh so the wiki, which uh preview of the wiki segment, but the wiki says that this might be a reference to a bit of Fry and Laurie sketch, which yeah. I watched before this. And maybe it's, uh, there's a bit of Fry and Laurie sketch that I would recommend watching. If you just look, search up like a bit of Fry and Laurie cigarette, it should pop up or cigarette doctor. Cause it's about a doctor. It's, it's, I think it's pretty clever. It, it moves, but it's about a doctor like prescribing, mm -hmm. uh, Stephen Fry is playing the doctor. Or, or is he? That comes up. But, uh, and he prescribes Hugh Laurie a cigarette. And he's like, a cigarette? That's not good. Like, that's, they're bad for you. And he goes, oh, how do you know that? And he goes, well, you know, you read about it. He goes, from who? He's like, from doctors. Okay. And I'm telling you it's good. And the whole thing of him going like, oh, well, no, it's like a cigarette's not good. What, next you're going to tell me cholesterol is good for you? And he goes, well, why do you think it's bad? And he's just like, well, I mean... I know you're not supposed to have too much. And he's like, definitionally, you're not supposed to have too much of anything. Uh, it's fun. Go, go watch it. But so maybe that's a reference to that. Um, oh, yeah. I, I, I do I related... have a, a theory about the, the Santa clinic scene also. Hmm. Yeah. I think it was intended for a different episode and they swapped it out to make this the Christmas episode. 
since there's so little Christmas in it. And also, this is the fifth huh. episode of the season. You don't have your Christmas episode as the fifth episode unless your scheduling is weird. I Did think they, they drew in Thanksgiving. What's that? What? It premiered right around Thanksgiving. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But did they do anything with Thanksgiving or Halloween? Oh, they no, had they wouldn't Halloween have. or something. You know what I'm saying? Like, didn't they have not the some first season? Holiday? It they didn't. Okay, I should no, know. It's... We watched these in the last. Couple yeah, we watched yeah. them. <laughs> the scheduling is is real weird, and there's very other than some poinsettias, uh, poinsettias. However, you fancy you choose to be. Uh, until the, like the very end, there's really no yeah. references to it being Christmas. There's, there's the decorations think, and there's this. And I think uh, they swapped out some stuff because <laughs> in a normal season, this would have aired like second week of October. Hmm. Yeah, I don't remember if this is something they could have filmed really quickly. There is also the one scene where Cameron has uh, candy canes and House oh, right. is like candy canes, which I did love that he... Uh, he knew uh, Cameron would be like, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. As if, like, House has ever cared about stuff being offensive. That was like... That but that felt, like, felt the, like a quick thing they could have added. Yeah. yeah. That also felt like the exact right sort of, like, House is being a dick, but in a way that you're like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. Um, yeah, I don't know, maybe. When you said Santa Clinic, my head just went, Santa Clinic, we know <laughs> you came in with thy BS. Oh, yes. Maybe also, you should smoke more. I also kept thinking about, like, the practical concern of, like, if he starts smelling like cigarettes all the time, probably the kids or parents will complain about it. Yeah, I, I mean, I did find it, like, weirdly relatable as someone who has both anxiety and IBS to be like, yeah, you got to find... Uh, I mean, this was 2004. Obviously, we've made a lot of progress. I mean, he should take... We well, can't take a modium more than two days in a row. Um, I, I do think if he's... I am he just now be, finding this out, and I am horrified. Oh, well, I mean, you're not... I'm, I don't know. You're not supposed to take it more than two days in a row. I'll um, be right back. I have to uh -oh. induce vomiting. Oh, no. <laughs> um, so the... Uh, yeah, no, the uh, the thing, I think you're, it's good that he doesn't just tell him to uh, eat less, which also I don't think would help with IBS. No, I but it's a very like, doctor move. Yeah, but he should he should say to him, like, well, what are you eating specifically? Because if you're <laughs> pooping every hour, you either have something more than IBS or you are eating, like, hot sausage hoagies for every meal and stop that eat i don't know on work days eat dry toast yeah like if you're is... eating dry peanut butter <laughs> toast on work days and you're still pooping every hour you definitely you must have something more than i don't feel there are any listeners who are a mall <laughs> santa who eat toast every hour and do only have ibs i don't mean to put you on the spot um but yeah he is the coolest doctor of all time having zero questions about what he eats and just being like look start smoking <laughs> yeah um yeah the uh it is they don't i do think you might be right that they add that in because normally you either have a couple clinic patients or a clinic patient comes back oh they do ref they do bring it up. Wilson says, like, you told him to start smoking. And House says, like, I prescribe stuff with side effects all the time. And Wilson's <laughs> like. Yeah, but uh, I, I 
and and we'll never know. But I think maybe that was those the end and that scene were meant for episode nine or something, and they just swapped them out because they couldn't start airing until the next great champ finished its run. (laughs) Well, the Wilson, uh, sorry, the uh, the wiki doesn't say anything about it, so. Well, I'm Maybe gonna update the wiki and without any yeah, information. Brian Singer's second biggest secret that you've just uncovered. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's. Oh no, you don't mean that we faked a Christmas episode? Do you? No, I meant your parties. Oh, okay. Uh, this was also a nerd. Okay, so the the nun is like talking to Chase, I think. And she's like, did you know that one of these nurses studied astrophysics for becoming a nurse? And did you know another orderly has a phone that can take pictures? And I don't know if that was supposed to be a joke on like, oh, they're so secluded. Mm-hmm. or But like, it seemed to be like, you know, I know at some point we hit the point where like camera phones are new. But like those two things are equally like this is real <laughs> 2004, if that's. Um, I don't think it's supposed to be a joke because it was in the other order. She says one of the orderlies has a phone that can take pictures and another one studied astrophysics for it. So, like, if it was a joke, the the thing sh- that isn't impressive mm-hmm. should be at the end. So they <laughs> genuinely seem to be like, oh, camera phones. This is nuts. I, I know I didn't have a, a phone that could take a picture in 2004, and which I remember because it was a slide phone and my lock screen was John Locke of TV's Lost. Oh, that's so, that's so cute. Lock screen. Great job. I think in 17 years, that's the first time it's occurred to me that that's what, that, that worked as a pun. <laughs> I just thought lock was awesome. Oh, nice. Do you know when the first camera phone was released? I thought that I had, I thought that I had one in 2004, but maybe I didn't. I don't know. It's possible. It, Do it, they want to give a year for the first commercially available camera phone anywhere in the world. That's an important caveat. I'm going to say, I'm going to go wild here because there's always those weird outliers. I'm going to say 1994. There were like two people who had them. <laughs> just someone. you have to They were landline like, phones. It's, <laughs> it's, just, it's just, yeah, a landline phone with like a disposable camera on top. And you'd be like... Turn the yeah. flash. That feels like something you would read. Like Michael Jackson's limousine phone had a camera. In it. Um, it was this Macaulay year... Culkin's gift for Home Alone two. <laughs> it was two thousand. Okay, yeah. Originally Whoa. only available in uh, it looks like South Korea and Japan. All right. Well, they have robots there too, so they're. Winning in every aspect. Yeah, it it doesn't look like I don't have very any stylish. <laughs> Maybe that's um, what shocked her so much. <laughs> there's also another thing where house where where Chase is like, oh, I don't respect what they do. They should be doing like charitable work or something helpful. I'm like, don't. Isn't that a big thing that nuns yeah. do? <laughs> like he's like, that's yeah, that's their main care? thing, right? Um, like, I'm like. Are these like nuns that just because also it's not even like like that's the main thing, right? Is that oh, what yeah. they do? That's absolutely the main thing. <laughs> um, but yeah. I oh go ahead. 
Oh, I was just going to say, all of this still rings true because, as I've said, Chase seems to be playing my brother circa 2007 <laughs> through 2015. What's so funny is that it's like so many different characters. It's like Foreman is the only person who's not on Reddit in this episode. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe Chase just got confused. He like got nuns mixed up with like, I don't know, uh like boat models and he was just like crikey what's with these nuns standing in front of boats at conventions it's like do something good for the world what are you just trying to give a boner to an old doctor retired trying to buy himself a boat thinking maybe he'll get to cheat on his wife with you what a dranger just do some charity nuns um, but I'm glad you brought up Chase's uh, issues with nuns because that does lead to one of the sexiest scenes in the show when House is like Chase what do you think makes a good boy good? I have a theory. And he like steps closer and is like, I think you got smacked around and that's why you're such a good boy, Jay. <laughs> he also, um, they they have a line that I don't think aged super well where Chase is talking about how he hates nuns and House is like, or later on House is like, well, you must have met some nuns. He goes, why? He said, you hate them. And he goes, well, I don't have to meet any Nazis to know I hate <laughs> them. And it's like, that feels like weirdly like an age. It's yeah, like, Chase, at least one, at least yeah Chase is like a private school boy whose waspy dad got him into medical school. He 100% <laughs> has met Nazis. Also, most Australians are a little Nazi, right? <laughs> They're just like, yeah, Australians, we're not racist at all. I mean, I guess we're racist against Aborigines, but they're not really people, right? <laughs> like, that's like every... I mean, I'm sure they're a good Australian, especially if you're listening to this. If you're listening to this, you're a good Australian. That's the rule. That's how it works. It's winter... No, wait. It's spring for you there. Like a springbok! Anyway. Um, the... Oh, I think I skipped something in my notes. I said, uh, oh, that they, they, they still have moments where like Foreman is like, house, you can't put her in the oxygen chamber if you're not sure what the diagnosis is. Mm -hmm. It's like, you should just make like a sign for this. Like, <laughs> don't make me tap the sign. Like, yes, <laughs> you're going to say this every week house. Don't treat them until you're completely sure what it is. Okay. I think he's heard it before. Because <laughs> um, he does. He wants to put her in the oxygen chamber because, uh, oh, that's like, that's like they think, oh, they think she has some mixed nerve cell disease. And Cuddy's like, no, it's because you screwed up. You grabbed the wrong pen. And then they finally realize, like, there's something else happening. And they think, they think that's when they figure out that she has an allergy. So they put her in the clean room. Where... It's with the the stigmata in the beginning and then with uh, her having a vision of uh of Jesus it feels like they had like an early beat sheet where they really wanted to do a thing of like it are legitimate miracles happening or not and then they kind of got lazy about it and then just like ended up doing that episode in the future like yeah. when I was watching this I was like this is just a first draft of a later episode that they did yeah, I remember where like someone's tumor gets smaller and but there's a reason, but he's like 
there's got to be a reason. And they're like, no, there's not. And there is, I think. Um, they, they, he goes, so he goes to find out what allergen she might have been exposed to. He goes to see Ann Dowd, the Bowser of nuns. And she, um, <laughs> she, he, he's like, well, I couldn't ask her because she'd just lie. And it's like, well, you could try. <laughs> She's pretty open about it later. Like, you might as well have just said that unless you wanted to drive out to like, I don't know, Hackensack or wherever this nunnery is. Um, and then... Uh, yeah, it's a very house thing that he somehow thinks this must be related to a dark past for no real reason. And then it turns out she had an abortion. It's like, that's... You're, it's always the person's deepest, darkest lie theory, really. Yeah. Uh, is a broken clock situation. <laughs> Well, then it's because then he thinks it's the tea, or it's it is the tea. It, it is but the that tea, wasn't yeah. The Which is like issue. It made me so annoyed that it wasn't until he talks to Ann Dowd that he's like, "Oh right, she drank some weird, mysterious homemade nun tea." Well, it's also like I would say, be very careful drinking the tea that makes you die if you get an EpiPen after drinking it. Like the same way that you should be careful on where you place the EpiPens, this tea that is apparently known to cause severe adverse effects if you get an EpiPen after drinking it, someone should be on that. Maybe don't don't drink that tea. Maybe it's not yeah, worth it. Well, it's because it's not like a brand. It's like the nuns made it in their garden. So that's why it like took him so long to even know this would be a thing. It's also because there's that part where the nun um, sees him. Uh, he's like in the uh, the 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 chapel, and the nun comes and sees him, and uh, he's like, "Want some chocolate?" And she's like, Sh or she's like, "Oh, I really shouldn't, but okay." <laughs> and he's like, "That's gluttony." It's like, are they just not allowed to ever have chocolate? Yeah. Is that like? This episode really thinks that nuns, like, can't experience pleasure. Like, they're just, like, not allowed to have anything that feels nice. <laughs> Do they they, not, did they get nuns confused with dogs? <laughs> they're like, you're, you're, no, no chocolate for you. I don't think so, because my dog's allowed to watch TV, so it's not <laughs> oh, that. <that's... laughs> they, they feel more like monks than nuns. Yes, yeah. yeah. Which maybe some orders have that. I, not being Catholic or particularly bright, I don't know. You can tell. <laughs> yeah, I have no idea. I have to take houses for everything. That's why she's a hypochondriac, because she's a, a monk. <laughs> she's always like rubbing the doorknobs after she touches them. Mm -hmm. And she solves a murder. Yeah, solves a murder. Just a usual day. We've talked about this before, <laughs> but the house monk crossover that never occurred, that would have been good. Right? Because Monk's a hypochondriac. He comes into the hospital. He's freaking out. Uh, someone got murdered in the hospital. They have to figure <laughs> it out together. But also, it turns out Monk is actually sick, and they have to figure that out, too. Maybe he was poisoned by someone who's trying to stop him from solving the murder. They're alive. <laughs> Hugh Laurie and, uh, and Tony Chaloub are alive. There's no reason this couldn't happen. They I think they should have a situation. All the time. I think they should have a situation where they, like, have a bet that they can do each other's jobs like house is like oh yeah it's just it's just deductive reasoning and monk is like yeah i google disease symptoms all the time so monk they just would like never swap. work in the hospital yeah. is the only problem 
<laughs> but if he's I, already in there for something. Okay, I get you mean he's in there. Okay, I get what he, you're saying. Sure, Monk sure. Monk gets hospitalized, a murder happens in the hospital, and House is like, I'm gonna solve this murder while you treat all my patients okay. from your sick that bed. I could see. That I could see. Um <laughs> maybe suits drops in. Oh god, I hope so. <laughs> um you, you made it but... sound like a man named Suits. <laughs> Johnny, yeah. the way Homer Simpson Su- describes Su- movies. Su- Suits <laughs> yeah. Senior and Suits Junior are both there. <laughs> yeah, Johnny hope- Q. Burn notice. I hope Goodbye. Miss. I hope Mrs. Suits shows up. <laughs> Is it they boss should- Mrs. Suits or secretary Mrs. Suits or paralegal Mrs. Suits? Uh, I they was hoping Rizzoli, for secretary Mrs. Isles. Suits, but any Mrs. Oh, Suits yeah. who wants to show up is like, hey, bonus. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And then what happens next when the men of a certain age swing in <laughs> to deal with, uh, I don't know, ED? What do they deal with on men of a certain age? There's probably an episode where uh, Ray Romano tries to get Viagra or something. And goes. DJ, I feel like you're the only person I know who's watched that show. Do you have any insights? <laughs> Andre. Men of a certain age is genuinely good. And I will stand sure. by that. Like yeah, I, I, I had never heard anything good about it until you, but I was like, okay, I guess I have to watch it. But I still and, Andre Brower is such an unapologetic dork on the show. That's like, great. it's between him being cool on Homicide and him being hilariously detached on Brooklyn Nine-Nine. He hit this point of being in his 50s and it was just like, yeah, I'm carrying some extra weight. I'm not cool anymore. I'm willing to look like a dork. And there's a lot of this scenes might, of yeah. him and his his 50-year-old Andre Brower body trying to dance and just That's really true. finding the comedy of it. The man, the Andre Brower is just the best. This might be a genuinely controversial take based off, and maybe it's just based off uh, loud people versus whatever. But, you know, there's all those takes that were like, the last season of Brooklyn Nine-Nine, they should wake up and they're all construction workers or whatever. And now it's about people at the construction worker station and they're sending out construction. And I was going to be like, it can just be a show about made-up good cops and you can just be like, oh, that'd be neat if that existed, but whatever. I never understood the, like need for like a hard reboot now when like everyone is married with kids it's like we can wrap it up like we don't need to now fix Brooklyn Nine-Nine we have have nine episodes left I think there's this sort of like kind of condescending notion some people have where they're like I could watch Brooklyn Nine-Nine and understand that police brutality and police abuse is rampant in the real world but all the other idiots who tune in will just think this means all cops are good so we need to be careful for that it's like the same kind of thing you have with a lot of media arguments and whatever where I'm like I do think it's completely fair to be like I don't know. I saw a lot of videos of like cops beating up protesters last year. And I don't really know if I want to watch this. Like, that's fine. But it's when you get into the argument where you're just like, what about all the other people who are morons? And they'll see this. And like, if anything, something like law and order, maybe I can sort of buy or even like true crime stuff. People talk about sometimes if it's not caveated enough, though, I do think like, you know, a lot of that stuff is based off people who don't necessarily watch or listen to it too much because they assume that they're above it. Like Liz, you know, uh, I mean, to, or whatever. I've heard, I, I don't, I've heard like my favorite murder and like, 
you know, they'll say like, oh, and of course, cops, whatever. Like, people are aware for the most part, I feel like, who do this stuff that they're like, you know, on caveat stuff. I don't know. It's, I just feel like whenever people get too, and maybe this is a weird thing to say, hosting a podcast, digging into this, but whenever people get like too caught up in a very defined sense of cause and effect with culture and society and reality where like i do think there can be some cause and effect to some degree but like i think like i'm sure modern family helped people be more okay with gay families to some degree but also i think they made modern family because it was now okay to have a married gay couple adopt a kid and be a regular appearance on a sitcom, right? Like, it's not like Modern Family came out, and I'm sure some people were upset, but it's not like there were, like, these huge, like, outcry. Like, if anything, I feel like, even compared to, like, older stuff where there'd be, like, one episode where something happened, right? Like, I feel like maybe mm-hmm. I'm just, I missed it, but I feel like for the most part, people were like, yeah, why not? You know, a nice suburban gay couple. That's that's neat, right? Like, I don't think... Am I wrong? I don't know. No one's telling me if I'm wrong or right. <laughs> I think we basically agree with you on this whole okay. thing. Yeah, just I think a lot of stuff is... People... Not that media obviously does shape people's perceptions. Like, if someone has only seen... You know, I'll just say... Cause if someone's only seen Jews on TV, then they're going to think that's what Jews are because they haven't met them. But, like... You know, people, uh, it goes in tandem to some degree. And I think sometimes people just get way too focused on how we can shape uh, culture based on media. And I think that the alternative is often the way that it flows. Not that it can't, but um, like in this episode... They realized how weird nuns are. <laughs> Everyone was like, that's right. I believe nuns are weird now. Yeah. And then the big reveal at the end is that Chase was in seminary, right? Yeah. They. Uh, okay, by the way, yeah. I, so I went to House IMDb and was like, they absolutely must have had a suits person at some point, and I've been scrolling. I finally hit one <laughs> with... Uh, uh, David Constable, uh, who was Daniel Hardman, was in an episode. <laughs> he was in every show in the 2000s. He was in literally every show, yes. That was uh, a contract they would be like, we're either canceling you or we're putting David Constable in. It was like part of the uh, the network re-up. <laughs> the... He was know, the Giancarlo Esposito of of the last decade. <laughs> what else has Giancarlo Esposito been in recently? Uh, he's like, the villain. He's the villain on oh, six different crazy. shows. Yeah, he's on oh. the Boys. Oh. He's on Better Call Saul. He's on he, the Mandalorian. He's I on Harley David Quinn. Costabile is. I didn't know he was a uh, a Suits. I seen him. Oh, in a, a lot of a lot of people are Suitses that people don't know are Suitses, like Wendell Pierce. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Yeah, I, David Constable is a billions. He's fun in billions because he plays such a different character. Yes. Um, where he's like, 
you know, because in Gabe, I mean, it's such a different character. Apparently, he's in a million shows, but yeah. I meant as compared to Breaking Bad, where he's like, you know, a very sort of nerdy, uh, meek guy. And then in uh, Billions, he's like, you know, the, yeah, well, you know, if we're going to close this deal, then we should all get some pussy, right, guys? He's. <laughs> <laughs> He's such a breakout character on the show. They're changing the name of the series to David Constabillions. Yeah. <laughs> yes. should. He is one of the best parts of it. Um, it is always so interesting when shows do like the admirable, and I think they mostly do a good job, but sort of the admirable um, uh, it, it is interesting. Like the admirable attempt sometimes. At, have, you, have you, are you both billionaires? Uh, I've seen some of it. Okay. I, I've seen none of it. <laughs> they they do the thing, and they did this in Law and Order SVU when they had a more recent episode about uh, a trans teen. Because Law and Order SVU in the early 2000s has an episode that's like they're dealing with trans issues episode. And it is, in retrospect, like, geez. It's like the equivalent if someone was like, you know, it's like the Merchant of Venice. But like... <laughs> for trans people where you're like oh shakespeare thought he was being like progressive where he was like look the jew is greedy and nefarious but they're human <laughs> when like this is like a the very anyone can look it up if they want to you know content warning for uh all sorts of terrible stuff and then like 10 years later they do another episode now everyone is like super progressive and ice tea is like it's cool. People should be whatever gender they feel, and it's all good. I don't understand why these people are so bigoted against them. It's like the most progressive NYPD precinct, <laughs> like by far. Them and Brooke and the Nine Nine are just both meet up, and all the other precincts call them cucks, and they're like the only vaccinated NYPD officers. <laughs> but um, yeah, so Billions like has uh, Asia Kate Dillon and like they, you know, they like hype it. They, they're like, oh, this is like the show. We have a non-binary character and they, they, you know, they do a good job and they do uh, a good job with what's written, but they definitely, it does feel like part of it is them kind of like being like, look, look how, look how good we are. We're doing like, they like hype down the advertising and they like you know do that sort of thing where you're just like that's definitely better than the alternative um it's it's a very weird it's such a like weird decision for like the the like corrupt finance show because it's just like there are so many people who only watch like steven universe and billions because of this <laughs> that's, <laughs> yeah that's so exactly it's like the sort of thing it's like a very they kind of treat uh dylan's character a bit like a poochie where they're sort of are like everyone's like uh i'm forgetting the name of their character uh, taylor um, taylor Mason. Taylor. that's right um where they'll be like you know well we have to watch out taylor is like the smartest mind in all of billions mm -hmm. and you're sort of like <laughs> that's you know it's like that's fine there's nothing wrong with that that's like, there's no reason why that can't be, but also like, you know, Axelrod will be like, Hey, you make sure you refer to them as they, them, like all these characters who like, otherwise are like, you know, the same thing with like Lana SVU where you're like, I mean, that's good. I don't want to like, 
I don't need to see a show where they're just like all being bigoted towards. It's, uh, yeah, it's such a strange like, vibe with that particular show because it's like if like the Rich Dicks and Kroll show were also very respectful to, towards non-binary people. It's like, that's, that's like cool, but it's just like... It's like Axelrod literally, I, they should have a line honestly where he should just straight up be like, look, I'm going to try and destroy your firm and, you know, break you over my knee financially, but I'll never misgender you. <laughs> The whole thing is like, um, which is again, you know, it's nothing. It's just the, the, I don't think this is on Dylan or this is, it's good that they're trying to, but it does like the way they market it and the way they, everything they're like, um, I mean, look, they also, it's very, uh, very kink forward show with Paul Giamatti. <laughs> yes. I love a show that opened with Paul Giamatti getting peed on. Yeah. They're like, well, that's, that's, like that's for the pilot. Yeah, I love James Adomian's. Uh, I didn't get it. so many times on Comedy Bang Bang. I'll hear a character and then I won't fully understand what it was based on. It's so great when you then see something on TV and you're like, oh, because uh, James Adomian's Paul Giamatti. I didn't realize it was just because of billions. It's just him being like, oh, my, you know, I'm not getting paid for the movie. My agent said that they'll piss on me, but it's whatever. It's, he, he plays him as like a masochist. And the thing that happened. There's a plot point in Billions that happened in real life later because uh, a... <laughs> Where Paul Giamatti's character was asked to play the rhino in a Spider-Man movie. Yeah, they never <laughs> play where they come in and they go, look, we know you've been the Attorney General of New York and there's nothing more general and in New York than being the rhino. <laughs> the... The uh, Paul, G the um, sorry, we're spending so much. I do think Billions <laughs> is a fun show. It's very yeah. We campy. can we it's can talk like... about it more when we get to the house episode with uh with David Billions in it. <laughs> yeah, when we get to the David Billions one, we'll do a whole side one. All right. The, that's great. the yeah, the other thing I'll say is that it's uh American Death Note. <laughs> so if anyone ever wants to see American Death Note, but not like a Netflix live action Death Note adaptation, but like an actual like. Death Note, um, like the the cat and mouse thing. It's fun. Um, now, as yeah, reluctant so as I am to bring up uh, House on an episode of uh, please of uh, please Bonkers for Billions, um, <laughs> a a thing that I I kept meaning to say that I will forget if I don't say it was uh and maybe because I have not rewatched the previous episodes, but. I was surprised at how little characterization Cuddy had yet. Like mm -hmm. she just wants to not get the hospital in trouble. And I know she's a much bigger part as it goes on. And it feels like she's still sort of, uh, uh, you know, the evil Dean in the frat movie yeah. at it this has, point. The show has this weird vibe where they clearly think Cameron is like, the sexiest woman in the world. And then they cast Cuddy like accidentally, even <laughs> though like uh, you can see her cleavage in every episode. It does feel like uh, it wasn't until later that like an aide whispered in their ear, like, hey, Cuddy is also hot. Maybe you should start incorporating that into the show. <laughs> but I, I, even before she was sort of a, uh, you know, even sort of a, a romantic interest, uh, I just I I always think of her as more sort of 
tempering house's worst impulses and here she's like yeah yeah let's get her out of the street as quickly as possible so we don't get in trouble which felt yeah. very uh yeah which felt more like the guy who manages the hospital on scrubs to to go back to that <laughs> yeah and I, I don't know if this was an off episode for her if, or if that was just her characterization for a while. Yeah, I definitely think, uh, yeah, Dean, had a, Dean in a frat movie is definitely a good way to describe her in these first few episodes. <laughs> that, that said, the most legitimately funny part is when he tries to get her out of his office by telling, saying he's <laughs> going to admit to using the wrong syringe. My yes. Favorite part of that wrong. scene is that Chase and Cameron are so on board with this bit. They're just like, oh, House is admitting to being drunk on the job. This is a 10 out of 10 bit. <laughs> um, it's a, like it's a slightly different dynamic in this episode where they decided to make uh, Cameron and Chase both ride or die and Foreman the only one who's like, do we maybe think House <laughs> yeah. has some issues? <laughs> Look, the last thing I'll say about Billions before I move on. Oh, I don't think I, that's I true. Do just, I do just like to imagine them saying, look, here's the thing. We want to work on our representation. We're going to have a non-binary character. Not only are they going to be the smartest and uh, they're going to go toe-to-toe -to -toe with Axelrod. They're a prodigy. And to top it all off, they are fucking beloved sad sack storytelling comedian Mike Birbiglia. What? Yeah, sorry. Ugh, Spoilers. I hate it. Spoilers, but I can't believe I forgot that because that's, again, you're like, all right, there's a, but also that's wild that they, in every other way, and nothing against uh, my great friend Mike Birbiglia I met <laughs> once briefly outside of his screening of Sleepwalk with me, but it is funny that it, I guess that's like the balance or whatever that in every other way they're like um they end up uh hooking up with uh a really pretty girl they work with later. So it's not only Mike Birbiglia, but it is kind of funny that the love interest is Mike Birbiglia just because you know that's he's a funny guy. He also showed up in girls. <laughs> I don't remember what he he's like a bad boss or something. Anyway, I feel uh, like I needed to do much more homework before recording this. Yeah. yeah wait, I, you didn't watch Billions? I'm, find, I'm finding out for the first time how into Billions you are, and it's really uh, it's really rounding out your character. The way, it's like, coming back so they'll, they'll have, like, house watch, like, trashy soap operas. It's like, oh, wow, you're also really into Billions. <laughs> it's coming back soon. They have, um, they do the whole last season, or the whole last couple seasons, there's a they do the thing where the, a, a new president has come in and like the president does dealings with Russia, but like they're not they never explicitly say it's Trump. Mm -hmm. Um, and then in the very last episode that came out, which season four I think ended early because of COVID, one of the characters is like drops some COVID reference. And you're like, did they film this on like the last day before they had to shut down? They're like, quick, get one of the writers, write in a COVID <laughs> reference. So it feels like we're like as topical as we can legally be. Yeah, that was a um, big move. And in, in that season, you see a lot of finales just like throw in a COVID reference. COVID. <laughs> big Sky um, added it to the pilot, which is weird. They add just like a radio on the VO, like, or uh, not, it's not a radio, but they have someone just mentioned like they dubbed in 
like it's pandemic times, which is really weird because it doesn't affect anything. The so weirdest, it was a weirder choice. The weirdest one for me is in Your Honor, the Brian Cranston uh, miniseries, mm-hmm. um, which I don't, I don't really think is very good. I, I, I don't know if Brian Cranston has been anything good since like that. Um, but, uh, the Brian Cranston, your honor, like halfway through, he says like, and of course there are no cameras in the courthouse because of this whole virus situation. (laughs) And there's one juror who is wearing a mask and no one else is. And I'm like, (laughs) did that extra just say, uh, I'm wearing a mask. And they were like, yeah, fine. Sure. I guess. Because otherwise it does not come up. It comes up once. And otherwise they're in restaurants. And this is pre-vax. I mean, they're in restaurants. They're hanging out. No one. They're inside. One person. And they are an extra on the jury. Wears a mask at all. And he mentions it once. It is very weird. I think that's their way of indicating they shot the show in Michigan. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, they could have had her wearing a mask. And I wouldn't even like think twice or i'd be like okay whatever um it's also like sex ed the second season of sex ed that we watched right when we went into lockdown opens with people freaking out about a supposed chlamydia outbreak and wearing masks because they don't it's like really know how std yeah i like sex ed even if it takes place in a world where no one has access to the internet <laughs> or they do they do have access to the internet but an internet that only has regressive misinformational porn like lot, no one can Google like a like a an informative sex ed question. A lot of shows now do like teen dramas love doing this thing that's like technically it takes place in the the current day, but also it's an eighties period drama in spirit. It's really weird. Yeah. Well, I realized recently that like you someone could probably write a boring essay uh, about the aesthetic need to depict texting in tv because no one talks on the phone it'd look really weird if like people of our generation give or take were all talking to each other on the phone so like every show just had to develop its own way to show texting because you know that does remind me of something from this episode if i dare take it back uh i love when uh house pages chase call your mom And uh, Chase goes to him and is like, my mom has been dead for 10 years. Uh, it's That's a great house detail that instead of just being like, like the room number he needs to go to, he right. does call your mom. Or yeah. it's, it's house. Yeah. I'm just your like, boss. There are so many ways to communicate like, <laughs> hey, check in with your boss while you're at work. That are not call your mom. <laughs> Paging your employee as their boss is not out of line in any way. <laughs> yeah. The uh, there's a line also. Um, as long as we're talking about house, uh, if we want to dive into that, are we though? Uh, um, no. There's a there's also a line in it before they take out the IUD where they're talking to her and she's like. I got pregnant while I was on every kind of birth control known to man. And I was like, let's unpack that for a second. <laughs> so she, let's say just assuming, let's assume she's not on multiple kinds of each one. So she was on like the pill and we know she had an IUD and I guess. Wait, the, didn't she get the IUD after? Didn't he say that? 
I thought it was like, like during the like I thought it was like during the abortion they left they also put an IUD in her without telling her. Yeah, I thought which they said I was that. like, oh god. I yeah, thought they that's left the IUD in. Oh. Okay. I thought she had. Maybe I'm wrong. I thought she had. She she says she was on every kind of birth control known to man when she got pregnant. So I mean that means IUD. That means the pill. That means the sponge of Seinfeld fame. That means that new gel that uh, Alexis from uh, uh, Shit's Creek is advertising. Because I thought um, them like sneaking in the IUD during the abortion was like the justification for why she didn't know she had it. But um, if she just assumed that while they were in there, they would take out their IUD, that's a little weird. Yeah, you have to specify that. No, I, okay, wait. Now I'm, uh, let's see. Um, the, yeah, no. Uh, what else was she on? Um, um, yeah, one I, of those, just, like, I always think it's annoying to- how um, TV writers always feel like they have to, like, explain it when someone got pregnant, which you don't because it happens in the real world all the time. But they'll always, like, elaborate on, like, how much birth control they were doing. And it's like, no explanation would have been better. They said that, um, okay, wait, the patient wants to return despite medical advice. She thinks it's a test of her faith. She was on several types of contraception when she turned 15. Um, when she got pregnant, she blamed God, blah, blah, blah. Uh, House finally realizes the source. They find the IUD. She, rem- Okay, it doesn't say here about the... Uh, I'm just going to Google House Nurse IUD. Is this <laughs> going to come up something I think that's you mean House Non-IUD. House none, yeah. Sorry, you are right. I did mean none. House none. IMD, IMD, IMDb. <laughs> uh, she got an, uh, she got a copper IMDb. Uh, okay, an IUD. Although she had an okay. Wait, Sister Mary Augustine. We're getting to the bottom of this. Um, says. Unless it's not on this page, and then we're probably just going to move on. <laughs> All right. Um. Okay. Doctor, they found an object in her uterus. Because uh, I thought she knew about it. Oh, I thought Platt House has a line where he's like, how did you not know about it? House realized the allergen could be yours. I scan the ID, an obsolete and discontinued contraceptive device. Um, scheduled surgery. Although she hadn't... Okay. They found out that it was covered. Although she had an abortion, the ID must have become embedded in the uterus and was not removed. Oh, okay. I okay. think she had it and it got like, yeah, it sounds like it got displaced. And I guess oh, she just okay. didn't, or it might've been that she assumed in the process of getting an abortion, they'd have to remove the IUD. Or if they said like, I don't know. Yeah, we can, yeah. that, that my head canon, yeah, I have a, <laughs> my head canon is that the abortion doctor said, and if you have an IUD, we'll remove it. And then mm-hmm. she didn't think to follow up because she just assumed they would. But it was displaced, mm-hmm. so they thought she didn't have one. And so that's, I think, what happened. Uh, my head canon is that house is gay. Yeah. Word of God, I'm going to ask uh, <laughs> uh, Fuller um, what happened with how, how that happened. Uh, and then uh, they do Chinese food at the end, which is good because I, I wrote Wilson should get to be more Jewish. And then I was like, oh, okay, he's eating Chinese on Christmas. That's fine. <laughs> um, are we ready 
for do we have uh anything else ej do you have, um, or lenny yeah ej I feel, I feel like you must have thoughts we didn't get to since there wasn't yeah, quite a billions departure there <laughs> sorry we sp- sorry i had to cover our new segment uh andrew's really getting of- andrew's really getting the most out of his showtime subscription <laughs> Barely so <laughs> i i'm hoping we get his thoughts on uh you're killing me up here before <laughs> things are um i get I do think Elizabeth Mitchell was great. Like this was a couple yeah. years before lost and she really kind of makes this episode because it's a, it's a tough role. And I think she really sells a character who doesn't have a lot beyond her symptoms. And this, this had some of the stuff I love about house. I kind of wish somebody had to br- had, had to break in somewhere, but we didn't get that this week, but oh, I yeah, love it's that. It's actually been a while. I don't think, we've had a break in since the pilot okay it becomes first, a thing later but yeah i think at first they were like let's not overdo that because it's insane and then later they were like no and then the word came back from the audience and they're like oh no they love the break-ins <laughs> yeah um, a thing i always liked about it is the bizarre array of medical equipment that they have like they have her in sort of a, a modern ekg and then they do that pressure test on her that looks like a big old brass Victorian tube. And it's like, how is that even a room in the hospital? That looks like something that must have been decommissioned at some point and they had to bring in that thing that they, they have to seal and turn a turn a wheel and lock <laughs> her in there. It's they always had the, the greatest like like equipment that you can't imagine they've used more than once every three years. But it still had a dedicated room, and I love it. Every time they bring out something like that, it's like, how, what is the floor plan of this hospital? <laughs> I think have... it's a room of requirement type thing, like from Harry Potter. Oh. There's just they... one room where every time they go in, it has the the weird equipment they need. <laughs> it's got a bellows they... now. We don't know why. <laughs> have they never had to do leeches? That seems wild that they weren't, that they never were like, oh, well, leeches actually makes the most sense because you're, you know, whatever specific combination of thing that you can't get blood drawn the usual way, right? (laughs) That feels like something they would have done. I bet there's a later season episode where they do. I googled House MD leeches. (laughs) And it was only fanfic. (laughs) Yeah. Oh God. The picture that Google pops up for Hugh Laurie is what is this the picture from? Sorry, it is not the best picture of him. I don't know how. Uh, okay, I, I'm trying. Oh, geez, yeah. I'm gonna share it in chat if this <laughs> okay. has chat. Um, Hugh Laurie is a very good-looking man. For some reason, Google has picked like. You know, it's not like it's like hideous or anything, but I'm just like, this isn't the best picture of Hugh Laurie you could find. Oh, yeah. The the person who picked the photos has a grudge. I yeah. assume Hugh Laurie fucks a lot of wives. Oh, that's probably it. Or fucked a Google algorithm <laughs> and didn't call back. Oh. Um, the... he, he looks sickly. Yeah, I know it's a bad house needs to have an episode where he diagnoses this photo of Hugh Larry. Yeah, where he goes just (laughs) by looking at it. Um, There's a Kevin Bacon look to it, actually. (laughs) Oh, yeah, for sure. Which is not to insult anybody, but it's sort of a a weird 
Conan O'Brien if they made it Hugh Laurie Kevin Bacon. <laughs> yeah. Um should we should we move on to segments? Segments! Uh, Unless you have EJ, sorry. I know I keep jumping in with more billions trivia. <laughs> um, does anyone want to guess what Mike Birbiglia's uh, occupation is in billions? Stand up comedian. No. Monologist. That would have been something. No, yeah. Yeah, monologist. Not saying, uh, no, he's a big time uh, like venture capitalist guy. That makes sense because it's billions. Yeah. No, that's, that's <laughs> I thought it would guess. be more tricky. No. It's, uh, <laughs> He's like a venture capitalist, like software developer, I think. I think he's like uh, uh, Peter Thiel if he was uh, less evil and more Mike Birbiglia. I was so um, unprepared for this podcast. Sorry. Yeah. You didn't watch I, I watched the billions. episode of House. Uh... Um, the So we have a segment called How's he, House He Not Fired Yet? And it's a pretty quick one in this one. Just going through the stuff. Uh, the house has not been. How has he not been fired? Uh, this episode, there was telling a patient to smoke, telling his boss he was drunk and made a mistake, putting a nun in a hyperbaric chamber for no reason, sexually harassing a nun, and telling the nun boss that the other nun had nice tits. <laughs> um, which is like, it's the kind of thing people don't seize on or whatever. But house like in passing is like I had to tear off her shirt to like do chest compressions or something, I and he's feel like. like- technically he might have done that on his own time so i don't know if he would get fired for that it certainly doesn't help the hospital's reputation <laughs> you mean they just hooked up what? oh what he said oh sorry yes when he said well but he's acknowledging that because that's like the kind of thing where you're like look i feel like the unspoken thing about doctors is doctors see people's naked bodies and just like you have medical privacy laws to make sure it all cruises along well. There are supposed to be like anti-horny doctor laws, right? Like <laughs> that feels fair. very important. <laughs> it feels very important that a doctor should never say in any capacity. I mean, maybe like, I don't know, to like their partner if they really wanted right, to. Right, because then, then they can't testify. Yeah, exactly. Because <laughs> they can't testify against them. But that feels like a real important, like they should take the anti-horny oath. Mm-hmm. Um, where you're like, you know, don't none of the hey, this is all just uh flesh to be healed. Um now Lenny, if you uh do you have any I think there are some big, big yes, developments, this is, right? So every week I talk about the shipping in this episode, and this one when it got to the end, I literally deleted all the other notes I had because I was like, there is only one important thing to talk about. This is incredible. That at the very end of this episode, Wilson invites House over for Christmas dinner and uh, House says he won't. And so then Wilson says he'll just invite himself over to House House's place, which is already incredible to me that he's let, that like, that's not really how it's supposed to work. That if someone doesn't want to come to your dinner, you're like, oh, okay, I'll just show up at your house. And also, because Wilson implied like it would be Christmas dinner with like people, but then was like, no, I'm I'm not throwing something. Um, mm-hmm. But then it gets way better because after House invites him, uh, after Wilson invites himself over to House's place, House brings up for the first time in the show that Wilson has had a wife this whole time. <laughs> it's 
such an incredible bump draft. <laughs> this to me, uh, people love the Mad Men pilot so much, but I think this is way better to wait until five episodes <laughs> five in. Episodes. <laughs> Do you ever see Wilson's wife? I'm not sure. I feel like we don't. She, I think she's a Vera, but mm-hmm. I don't know. You, you see her one time, but she has a pie on her face. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. You see she had the same voice only... as Nanny from Muppet Babies. <laughs> you see her, but you only see the top half of her face. The bottom half is behind. <laughs> and she gives house back. like sage advice. Yeah. <laughs> Damn it, now I'm uh, trying to think of another unseen character and Maris is too cliche. You, uh... uh oh, oh. Um, you see, uh, she turns out she's the uh, the president of the United States. And From she's Veep. always calling in house. Yeah, she's always <laughs> calling in house to, uh, to meet with her, but then it turns out that uh, uh, she doesn't get to. And House was on that show. It would have been so confusing. He was great on that show. Oh, she She probably... Oh, that might even happen. (laughs) That might actually happen. House is really good in the show. Man, House is as good in that show as Avenue 5 is disappointing overall. Indeed. That's right. I I watch HBO, too. Wow. Well, had I known we'd have been talking about... You don't like Avenue 5 because it's not on Showtime. Showtime would have been sizzle more. (laughs) Because I... Look, why would I get invested in an HBO show knowing there's a decent chance it might not survive the next season? If Avenue 5 was on Showtime, it'd get 12 seasons, (laughs) no matter how bad it is. So you could get invested. Not all of us can afford afford Showtime money bags. (laughs) You have to have billions to watch billions. That's what it looks like. You should have married someone whose mother works for AT&T. <laughs> the Dynamite? Oh, I think AT&T. AT&T. <laughs> I thought you said a TNT. I'm no. like an if individual stick of dynamite. If your wife's mom works for TNT, you only get to watch Rizzoli and Isles. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> get to. Look, some of us some of us have to hide have to share a Hulu account, okay? <laughs> yeah. If your mother uh, if your mother works for AT&T, you might be watching Rizzoli now. Or TNT. Yeah, if you, uh, they're actually a lot less, um, they're more stingy to TNT employees. You only get Rizzoli or Isles. You have to pay. You get the other one for a discount, but you only, you only get one for free. If I could think um, of one other show that was on TNT, I could play along and suddenly I can't. Mm-hmm. Damn it! Uh, men of a certain age. That was, wasn't it? Yeah. And that that one and, uh, that one Jason Lee did after My Name Is Earl, where I he was, was a cop, a but also an Elvis impersonator. Blue Memphis. Oh wow! Yeah. Memphis Blue. Why would it be called Blue Memphis? <laughs> I lived. We lived in Memphis, so we watched that. You and, were required uh, to watch it. Yeah, it was by law, a local ordinance. That's such a just like TNT has a big thing that's like he's a cop, but also, and they like rolled it and they were like, well, it landed on Elvis impersonator. So (laughs) he's a cop, but also his partner is DJ Qualls. (laughs) (laughs) That that show called the show uh, DJ Come Arrest Me. 
Um, that wasn't good. Sorry. Let's run it back. Okay, no. Um, um, but yeah, that's, that's yeah. the entire shipping report because I just want to live forever in the moment where Wilson is like, I'm going to come over to your place for Christmas and House is like, you are married. I mm-hmm. I have to say, I saw that scene and I thought, well, that's going to be the episode. <laughs> like, like, I literally thought, oh, well, I'm not going to talk when we record because it is going to be <laughs> Lenny's thoughts on this scene. <laughs> And several minutes of discussion of billions, which I could not have anticipated. The two, the two greatest things in television history: the reveal that Wilson is married, and the entirety of billions. I think we will all agree in twenty years that those are the most important things to television. I would counter that. Also, we should add the moment in Gotham where the Penguin wraps up a long-running character's uh, story arc by shooting him in the face with a bazooka. <laughs> Yes, also every penguin scene on Gotham. <laughs> or the time Gordon punched a guy so hard his face came off and landed in a puddle. Uh, we should talk for Gotham. We should talk about Gotham as long as Andrew is talking about billions <laughs> for fairness, but I am worried that that'll take too long. <laughs> you can come back the next time you come. Um, or, or maybe Letty and I start the Gotham Gazette. Yes. Hey, uh. So the oh so the wiki 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 time uh there's not too much wiki stuff which is good because we 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 burned a lot of cast on billions <laughs> um but uh this so, episode so one guy whose two favorite shows are House and Billions is gonna be so fucking psyched <laughs> yeah yes billion dollar properties David Constable this one's for you yeah. <laughs> yes. David Constable, come on, house of house. Not differential diagnosis, the other house <laughs> podcast I found. We're in a I, I would love, I think uh, differential di- diagnosis should get uh, Hugh Lowry the same week we get David Constable. And look, we're like, look, we are happy with this. This is what we want. Yeah, no, he's just on it. We're just like, no, it's fine. No, it's yes, we know. This is a big deal, too. It's fine. <laughs> Um, the, uh, the wiki said that, so the title is damned if you do. And apparently because that's a phrase in English and not necessarily damned if you do, damned if you don't, not so in other languages, the German title. And by the way, I'm just assuming the wiki's right. I'm not making <laughs> sure of any of this, including sure, the translations yeah. of the, of the other titles. So I'm not even running them through Google translate. So write in if you're German and I'm wrong or sorry, the wiki's wrong. Not my fault. Uh, Nur die brought Christ, which is a mere bride of Christ? Question mark. I don't know what if that is a phrase in German. Um, Spanish. Apparently, there are three titles, maybe for different territories. Um, One is "Silo hases malo y sino peor," which I guess means, which I. I'm sure mispronounced says if you do it's bad and if not it's worse <laughs> which is actually not the same thing as damned if you do damned if you don't that's do great um but that's probably a phrase uh or buenos intenciones which is good intentions which i don't think applies or fe <laughs> which can mean faith belief or creed which sure um it was apparently censored in italy because it insults the church <laughs> uh 
just imagine the Pope being like, what the fuck is this? I like to think it's like his beef was just like he was like, we can have chocolate. Why are you saying we don't have yeah. the chocolate? We're allowed to have the chocolate. This is not <laughs> right at all. Uh, <laughs> look at this. They say we can't have the chocolate. Come on. Um, is Yeah, there's a cigarette one. And then uh, <laughs> the wiki says that in season three, episode 23. So we got to remember to keep an eye out. When we get there, apparently House says he hates tea, but in this episode, he says the tea is good. So we'll have to see. I hope someone got fired over that. I feel like he was plenty sarcastic about that. I don't know. Yeah. I feel Um, like he said it was good to tee up the fact that it almost killed a lady. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, Uh, hey, I have have another translation fact from a a different wiki here. Ooh. Uh, uh, In Spanish, the name of the show is Casa. Is that real? Really? No. No. no, I made that up. Okay, I can't. Uh, I wanted to so say funny. it right as you were doing the translation stuff, and then instead I had to set it, was, it up. No, it was smart that you waited so long because I was like, it does seem like he was looking something up. This yeah, whole it's time. not like you looked up another thing, and I was like, you committed no to the bit. They translate everyone. Uh, yeah, the the show in uh... also uh, Castle is called Grande Casa. <laughs> the, like uh, also Rizzoli and Isles as literally translates to Risotto and Island. <laughs> Put it in. Um, and billions translates to trillions because of the conversion rate. <laughs> um, do we want to do reviews? I think. Uh, yeah, I think we're we're about EJ, ready. Do for you want to give the first review out of five stethoscopes, or do you want to go last? Um, I'll let you guys go first, just so I can get a feel for the flavor. <laughs> it's um, I do really like this one, but I I know I have like bigger favorites coming, so I don't want to I don't want to inflate the scale too much too early. So I'm gonna give it three stethoscopes as a very solid house episode. Mm, yeah i don't i don't know i didn't love this one for some reason i feel like they do what they do in it better later and everyone felt kind of weird and off um it just it feels like it's not quite working on all cylinders i'm gonna give it like 2.5 because there was some interesting stuff it wasn't boring but i just am like it doesn't feel like it really does as much with house meets a bunch of nuns as you'd think it should. So I say, I say 2.5 stethoscopes. Um, well, I, I guess I'm coming at it from not having really watched house for a while. And I understand as an episode, this is a straight down the middle three forker episode of house. And I switched to the Doughboys rating method. It was not intentional. <laughs> Like overall, it's probably a, a two or three in the scope of the series, but I haven't watched House for a while. And I had so much fun watching this episode. Mm-hmm. And also remembering when like network TV would have shows where they did this 22 times a year. Yeah. That's like, that's never going to happen again. That There's never yeah. going to be a show as good as House that does full seasons on network TV. Mm-hmm. Uh, it gets bonus for being a Christmas episode. It gets bonus for Ann Dowd and Elizabeth Mitchell. Mm-hmm. Um, it would probably be lower if I had watched more episodes of House, which I will now continue to do because I 
enjoyed it so much. I'm giving it a four for my experience watching it this time. Yeah, that's totally fair. And it's always nice to have someone to remind me that like, if you've just been watching regular television and not other episodes of House, then they're all like, this is great. <laughs> if they'd broken into something, it would have been five stethoscopes. Hell yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's a, it has to be a, a minimum. Um, you, should have, yeah. you should have broken into the convent and then being like, what, uh, why do you lock it if you have so much faith in God? <laughs> yeah. Well, we do have a lot of copper here. And there's, <laughs> I've seen the wire enough to know people are always trying to steal copper and bring it into the... <laughs> Look, I, I, I'd like some more crossovers. This is my house wire crossover. Yes, it is shocking to me that that wasn't the David Constabile you went with uh, and you went with Billions instead. I, I think of you as intellectual enough that that would be your go-to. Mm-hmm. Not to insult the great people at Billions. Um, yeah, David Constabile, please. We want you. Uh, so, yeah, that's uh, that's been House of House episode five. Uh, next week, oh, I should have looked this up because we're sorry, in two weeks from now, we will have uh, the oh, the episode of Billions where. Um, <laughs> We're, uh, next, we're gonna watch the uh, the episode of House where I assume the post credit scene is David Constabile's one episode character being like, "Now I'm off to take on Axelrod." Yeah, where uh, David Constabile goes, "Fine, I'll do it myself," and then still spends the next five movies not doing it himself. Um, what are they even teasing? I only saw this doesn't even count as a spoiler as far as I'm concerned. Because I, the only Marvel movie I've seen recently is Black Widow. And at the end, it's just like, hey, Julia Louis-Dreyfus is here. And uh, she's going to set up like the Hawkeye TV show. Which I couldn't think well, of a better way for me to be absolutely certain I was right. And no longer obsessively watching these and just kind of watching un- them whenever. Unfortunately, that does make me be like... Oh, I'm gonna end up watching that show if Julia Louis-Dreyfus is on yep. it. So I guess they were just targeting me. Look, if I can just speak in the defense of a giant entertainment company. <laughs> yeah. uh, first off, the Hawkeye series is based on the Matt Fraction David Aha series, which is maybe one of the best uh, Marvel series they've ever yeah, done. I totally agree. I just think they should have quietly recast Jeremy Renner. I, I, I can't really argue with that, but he does sort of fit <laughs> oh. that sad sack vibe. I uh, only but- found out. Okay, sorry. Uh, Julia Louis-Dreyfus's whole thing, she was also in Falcon and Winter Soldier. She is putting together, seemingly putting together a collection of duplicate Avengers. She's got the the Wyatt Russell U.S. agent uh, faux Captain America from that series, and now she's got this Black Widow. Uh, I assume she'll take one of the Hawkeyes. She's making her like her own. That's what I think is happening. She's putting together a her own team of Avengers who duplicate the existing ones. Yeah, but it's like, I don't, I can't, I not, when people were like, I said this before, probably on this very podcast, I watched Infinity War and I went, I'm free, Genie, you're free, I'm done, I can watch, you know, Doctor Strange 2 and uh, whatever, Guardians 3 if I want, but I don't have to, and people were like, no, 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 the TV shows, now you need to watch, I was like, no, you know, old man Captain America voice, no, I don't think I will. (laughs) 
I didn't watch WandaVision. I didn't watch I'm, our Disney Plus uh, free trial ran out. The only my, one, huh? My only beef with those TV shows is that they're not TV shows. As we were talking about how great it is that House does this 22 times. Uh, the Disney Plus shows are the exact opposite where it's just a very long made for TV movie, which I don't like that trend in TV. Uh, the only one I would have watched, I think, was the Loki one because that seemed kind of neat. And I did watch, a, you know, a bunch of Doctor Who, New Doc, New Who before I stopped. Oh, speaking of Jeremy Renner, sorry, we do not have time for this because I think we're uh, Lenny and I have another podcast. Jeremy Renner is coming up in an episode of House, though. Oh boy! So okay, oh, that's maybe right. we'll get into it then. Because uh, I only just found out Jeremy Renner, and I'm sure this is like known among a lot of people, uh, was in a movie called Neo Ned. Have you heard about this? No. no. Oh my God. So I'm just going to read it and then we'll we'll get to it when we have the Jeremy Renner episode. We can learn right. more about it. Maybe we'll even watch it. If we, <laughs> this will be a Patreon thing. If we ever start a Patreon, I'm putting this down that we'll watch this and do something about it. Um, this is the description for the 2005 film starring Jeremy Renner and Gabriel Union called Neo Ned. Uh, Ned, Jeremy Renner, is a bigoted young man. Uh, he has a uh, swastika on the poster. So, like, real bigoted. Not, like, a little Not, bigoted. like, regular bigoted. <laughs> not, like, regular. Like, super bigoted. Not, like, He's, all of us. Like, I would say a Nazi. If I had to describe <laughs> him, I wouldn't say a bigoted young man. I'd say a Nazi who uh, is a bigoted young man whose antisocial behavior lands him in a mental hospital. There, Ned, who believes that racial minorities are inferior... Okay, thank you for clarifying. <laughs> meets he's not, Rachel. He's not bigoted just against like plumbers. Got it. Yeah. Uh, meets Rachel or maybe Ra- Rachel, uh, Gabriel Union, an African American patient who thinks Adolf Hitler has taken up residence within her. <laughs> Ned spews racial stirs in her presence, but when it becomes clear that Rachel, though disturbed, isn't actually a bigot. Sorry, wait. I'm so, so we are. So, okay. They embark on a relationship that confounds everyone around them. Hmm. And you want to know the wildest thing? Guess what the Rotten Tomato score is? I'm going to say 67. I'm going 69 because it's the sexiest. 80%. Whoa. Wow. Only well, five is reviews. It only five reviews, yeah. Audience score 75%. Um. <laughs> But the Los Angeles Times critic and Variety critic gave it positive reviews. Right. It, it, the Variety critic says, Neo Ned may be ludicrous on paper, but it has what fans of independent films are looking for, a Nazi. <laughs> 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 it has what fans of independent films are looking for, atmosphere, humanity, and just a dash of fantastic drama. <laughs> well, it sounds like a remake of Bubba Hotep without the supernatural elements. That's a... Uh... Well, she thinks Hitler's insider, so there's. Well, well, yeah, but in Bubba Hotep, he thought he was uh, an elderly black man. Thought he was John F. Kennedy. It's mm. it's it, this would have been a better joke if any if either of you had watched Bubba Hotep. <laughs> and I I hope you will cut this out. I'm gonna leave. <laughs> All right. Uh, thank you very much for joining us on this discussion of Neo Ned, the 2005 thank you. Jeremy Renner film. Um. 
it's uh, I don't have to watch on. Neo Ned to know I don't like Nazis. Yeah. Okay. All right. <laughs> that's uh. Well, Patreon. Hey, that's a reward for I don't know what the tier will be when we start. If and when we start a Patreon, you can make us watch Neo Ned. Um, that and do no harm. Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, I have a note. It's actually Neon Ed. Oh, that explains it. No, wait. That makes even less. <laughs> um ej do you have anything to pitch you said you have your podcast i have my podcast uh fed talks i cannot recommend that you listen to it uh it is i i have no real premise i just talk for half an hour largely about tv uh and i try to recommend people listen to it Uh, uh, that's very nice i love listening to ej talk about tv Honestly, so often I'll be watching something and I just remember your take on it or something. Uh, it's, uh, you've had so many great, great things to say about TV that always stick with me. And, you know, if you uh, if you were listening to this and you thought that EJ didn't talk a lot and there were interruptions, that can't happen on his because it's just <laughs> him talking. You can edit in me talking about billions. If you, yeah, if you think that was that was the big magic, then uh, yeah, make your own mashups happen at home. <laughs> well, thank you very much. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and uh, I'll pitch. Uh, or oh, I've got TV Nopes podcast now going monthly. Uh, it's been it's monthly now, so you want to know that. Um, and this podcast, please uh, review, like, subscribe. I'm bad at uh, knowing those things you're supposed to do but you know we're we're trying to get our discoverability up and we only just got onto apple in addition to all the other podcast stuff so that'd be neat if you could do that and i've got uh at some point um gonna have uh sound snacks an audio sketch show that i did with casey turgeson coming out and then also may on november 7th which might be around when this is releasing so we're a little ahead uh, i have a one-man variety show at qed called that's so taven it's got comedy characters a walking tour of new orleans game shows lots of fun stuff so maybe come to that if you're in new york or want to fly in and go to qed in queens and you can uh check out my podcast chapter surfing on uh apple podcasts and Follow it on Twitter at Chapter Surfing. I'm literally about to record an episode with Andrew about the flight attendant, possibly about billions, if he can find a way to bring it up. We'll see. Maybe. <laughs> I suspect he oh. will. <laughs> and uh, tune in two weeks from now for The Socratic Method, where a mother, Lucille Palmiero, played by Stacey Edwards, collapses after a blood clot travels from her leg to her heart. Will she have a disease that uh, is mysterious? Possibly. Uh, Thank you all. And from the house of house, have yourself a lovely evening. Merry Christmas, everybody. God bless us, everyone. Thank you for listening. Unless your house, in which case, don't. (laughs) Uh, God bless us, but not like a person in the sky blessing us. (laughs) God bless us, but not like a man with a beard. Science bless us, everyone. (laughs) Science out. All right. Thanks for listening, everybody.